Hey, this is Russell Wilson. This is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti, and welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. Man, football season never sleeps. I got a minute off after the Super Bowl and the NFL is back at it. This week, all eyes are on the Combine in Indianapolis. Over the next four days, college players are going to run the 40. They're going to bench press 225 pounds. They're going to do all these drills on TV in what has become another major NFL viewing event. Our guest this week is former Seahawks and Eagles safety special teams ace also, Chris Maragos. Chris was recently awarded $43.5 million in a medical malpractice suit against his former medical team in Philadelphia. So stay tuned for that conversation. The big news coming out of the Combine on Wednesday, it's a terrible story. Georgia star Jalen Carter, who may have been the number one overall pick, still might be, he's been charged with reckless driving and racing in conjunction with the crash, the car accident that killed offensive lineman Devin Willock and a recruiting staff member, Chandler LaCroix. Carter issued a statement saying he got a call Wednesday morning from police telling him he will be charged with two misdemeanors. He expects to be fully exonerated, so obviously he's not at the Combine. Other news on the football field, the Ravens say they're optimistic they're going to sign Lamar Jackson before they have to decide on which franchise tag to give him. The L.A. Rams cut second-team All-Pro linebacker Bobby Wagner. The Browns say they might restructure Deshaun Watson's contract, his record-setting, record-breaking contract. And Aaron Rodgers says he'll make a decision on his future soon enough after completing a four-day darkness retreat. Retreat sounds great right about now. Chris Maragos went from being undrafted by San Francisco to becoming a special teams captain. He was part of two Super Bowl championship teams. He played in Seattle's win over Denver in Super Bowl 48. He was injured in 2017 as the Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52 against the Patriots. As I mentioned at the top, Chris won a lawsuit against the Eagles medical team. He explains what happened when a knee injury ended his career and what he hopes others will learn from his situation. His attorney, Peter Flowers, also joins us on this conversation. Chris, great to have you on the AP Pro Football Podcast, man. It's been a while since I saw you in a locker room. I know, I remember what went down. It was a Thursday night game, I believe, against Carolina when you got injured in a year where so many different pieces and important players, captain on the special teams, captain on defense, Jordan Hicks. We know what happened with Carson Wentz later on in that season. First of all, before we even get into what happened to you and what the ramifications of it. How did you process that, man? How did you process being injured in a season that ended up with a world championship parade? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely difficult. I think when you start the season out, you know, you're obviously going to have a physical help to the team and you're going to be able to help on the field. You're going to be able to actually contribute in terms of, you know, helping the team actually win. But when you have an injury, you realize really quickly that, you're not going to be able to contribute physically anymore. So you have to contribute uh, from an emotional and, uh, and a mental aspect. And so, you know, really that was the role that I knew that I was going to have to take on. And you have to, you have to make that switch pretty quick. Um, but we knew that we had a great team and 
just so many great players uh, that were involved with our uh, organization that year that we really felt like, man, we need to do everything that we can, regardless if we're playing or not on the field, to, to help this team win. At what point when that injury happened did you re- realize, recognize the severity of it, Chris? I, I think watching it on that Thursday night against Caroline, like you could tell that this, this was this probably going to be a season ending. Uh, anytime you talk about PCL or ACL, MCL, like we, we could see that. When did you know? You know, obviously, you know, when you get, you know, hit in the knee like that, it's the first time it's ever happened. So, you know, it's pretty serious right there. But then, of course, you get that imaging back and then your films are getting sent out, different things like that. And then you really realize, OK, this is going to be a surgical situation that is going to put me down for the rest of the season. And, and uh, you know, at that point, we, we knew what it was going to be. And we said, hey, we're willing to attack this thing the best we can to, to come back and, and to be even big, bigger and better. So go through what happened, right? You're diagnosed. It was a PCL, right? It wasn't any, were any other ligaments involved? Yeah, it was a PCL and a meniscus. Okay. So then what, what are the next steps? What happened? Yeah. So then we were, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what was the best way uh, to get this addressed and fixed and uh, went to a surgeon out in Pittsburgh, uh, Dr. James Bradley. And from there uh, had surgery done and, uh, you know, started the road to recovery at that point. Was that the the surgeon that the Eagles recommended? Was that how did that work? Yeah, so that was kind of a culmination of uh, kind of the Eagles recommendation, my agent, and uh, kind of all kind of in consultation uh, together to kind of come to that decision. The game was in October, right, Chris? I believe week four, week five. When did you have the surgery? So I had the surgery uh, the first week of November. So it was a few weeks after um, that we were kind of figuring out what surgeon we were going to go to. You know, obviously prepping, doing different things to get ready for the surgery uh, and those types types of things. So it was it was probably three, three and a half weeks after. What was your expectation? What did they tell you post-surgery that you'd be able to return in, in 2018? Or what did you think? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, every expectation was I was going to return, uh, you know, that I was going to be able to play that next season. And, and everybody was uh, all hands on deck to make that happen. So what happened? So in the surgery, uh, you know, like I said, on the field, I had the, the two uh, ligaments that needed to be addressed, the PCL and the meniscus. And so in the surgery, the PCL was reconstructed and fixed, but the meniscus that was torn and it was extruding out of my knee was not fixed. And so because of that, uh, the meniscus, which is kind of the shock absorber that protects your knee uh, and the bones from rubbing together in your cartilage, uh, that was exposed. And so as I continued on post-surgery and advanced in my rehab, uh, my knee was basically wearing itself down and it was putting more stress on that, that PCL that got fixed, which ultimately led to the deterioration of my cartilage, which exposed the bone on bone contact. And then the PCL actually failed as well. Um, and so it kind of put me in a bad, bad position, you know, kind of, kind of like a year out from that. Surgery. I've had that. I've had the ACL reconstructed. I've had it uh, meniscus. So I, I know a little bit of, of what you went through. I want to bring in your attorney to discuss how this turned into a a legal situation, a legal matter where you guys believe that the the Eagles team physicians handled this incorrectly. Pete. Yeah. So essentially what happened was it wasn't repaired at the time uh, of the surgery. And then the Eagles team physicians jumped in and their orthopedic surgeons with the skill, education and training of every other orthopedic surgeon 
and they didn't address it either. And in fact, they they in essence allowed Chris to NFL type rehabilitation, which over a period of nine, 10, 11 months essentially destroyed his knee, destroyed all the cartilage in his knee. And he he has his knee is unfortunately like an 80 year old as opposed to a 30 year old. Wow. So how did this progress from a legal standpoint, Pete? And where do you stand now? Because a couple of weeks ago you were awarded a victory. Right. There was a verdict. Uh, there was a verdict in Chris's favor. Um, and currently, you know, there's we're going through the legal motions of that. I suspect there will be an appeal of that verdict. And, and you know, we'll continue to fight for Chris down the road. But at least for the time being, yeah, Chris was vindicated uh, by a, a group of his peers, jurors in Philadelphia. So for the time being, um, everything, uh, everything is positive and we'll deal with all the legal issues going forward. OK. Chris, I want to go back to you as this is unfolding, right? It's got to be uncomfortable to, to have to, I I know I saw Nick Foles coming in, testifying on your behalf, other, other teammates. What is your relationship like with, with the team and to have to go through something like this? Just how awkward is it? Yeah. You know, you know, it's really nothing against the team. I mean, the Eagles are in a great position. I'm super grateful for Mr. Lurie and Howie Roseman and everybody within the organization. my time in Philadelphia was amazing. I had so many great experiences, so many great friends, played so many great games, and and just forever grateful for those opportunities. And so, uh, for that, I'm I'm uh, forever grateful, and and I hold that in really high regard. You know, in terms of the the doctors that were supplied to the Eagles from Rothman Institute, you know, that was really kind of the issue. So it's not really anything against the Eagles; it's more against the Rothman Institute doctors that were supplied to be the the doctors for sighting over our team. You know, I'll go back to Pete because I believe the Eagles have since they've changed doctors a few times, right? Those are no longer that group is no longer the team physicians, correct? I think the the group may still be involved, but they've changed people within the group. Okay. um, From, you know, when 2017 was to the present. Um, So, but there's been turnover as well, from my understanding in the training department, uh, at the Eagles as well. Chris, at what point did you realize and when was it that your football career, it, it's over, that you're not going to be able to go out there and, and do what you've done your entire, your entire life? Yeah, you know, that's really when I went out and saw a specialist out in Colorado, uh, Dr. LaPrade. And in that time, you know, I was under the impression that it was just a bone bruise that I was healing from and that I was going to be back in the field, you know, sometime in December or making that playoff push. And I went out and saw him because I was, I kept having these setbacks and was getting shut down. And he took a look at my imaging and spent a lot of time with me. And he came back and basically said, Hey, look, you know, I know you don't want to hear this, but your career is over. Uh, Your knees are in really bad shape and you have to have uh, two pretty aggressive uh, surgeries to just salvage what's left of your knee. And you don't have a choice. And uh, at that moment, really, that's when I realized, you know, at that time that, that it was over over and uh, you know just obviously a, a tough situation to be in you, you have since had those surgeries i have yeah yeah i've had two procedures uh to salvage what was left of my knee and it was pretty exhaustive uh you know recovery process and obviously i'm i'm not in good shape you know as it is but those were just to kind of basically band-aid you know what's left to just to get me by a few years until ultimately i'll have uh, a knee replacement or two in my lifetime 
Wow. At what point do you think you're going to need that? Is that 10 years down the road or is that even sooner? Uh, it's probably pretty close down the, down the way. I mean, I'm, I'm in pain every day and, you know, it's, it's hard to walk and, and move and do things. You know, I can, I can do some things, but it just depends, you know, how much, how much pain is going to be involved in doing that on a daily basis. So, you know, your days planned around what you're going to do, how much you're going to walk, uh, the type of things you're going to be, what type of surfaces you're on, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, you get to a point where you just go, man, this isn't even a good quality of life. And we have to find some, a better solution. Than this. It's gotta be tough. Just playing with kids. Yeah. Just to play with them, play with them, play with them without being in pain, play with them without thinking, should I step like this? Or, you know, should, should I even, you know, move around or even attempt to try to even shuffle or jog around like this, you know, just all those kinds of things that, you know, anybody in their thirties shouldn't be thinking about, especially somebody who thought that they were coming back to play in the NFL and, uh, you know, was told that I could come back and play in the NFL. And all of a sudden now, it's just a struggle just to do normal things without any pain. And so, you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the unfortunate circumstances uh, of the situation. Uh, but at the same uh, point of the turn, uh, the, you know, turn of the point, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you just got to look at from perspective too, right? And then, you know, just say, hey, you know, the, putting the perspective of what, has happened and maybe what other people are dealing with around the world just to, just to make things positive for you and, and uh, you know, to, to be able to move on. Chris, what is your hope from telling your story, sharing, letting people know what you went through beyond the lawsuit, just letting other players, guys, colleagues around the league understand how maybe they're treated and, and parents as, as they're dealing with children who go through injuries in sports. Totally. You know, I think, the whole goal of this lawsuit, you know, it was to protect the next person, protect the next athlete. You know, this athletes have such an amazing, unique ability to trust, to be committed to a process. They're very disciplined. They're willing to listen, to do whatever it takes uh, that someone is telling them to do. And so that needs to be protected. And, you know, for my fellow athletes out there that pour their life work into this, that entertain, you know, it's, it's more than just entertainment. It's, you know, there's a, there's a husband and a wife behind that, that jersey or that number of those cleats. You know, there's a brother and a sister, uh, you know, a cousin, you know, whatever it might be behind just a, a contract. And so, you know, as an athlete, we're, we're more than that. You know, you have a, a life to live long, far beyond, you know, your, your playing days. And, you know, doctors need to take that into account. And, you know, also, too, I'm, I'm certainly not anti-doctor by any means. I'm, I'm pro-doctor. I, I think that the, the medical field and, and the people in it, there, there's amazing people out there. But what I am for is I'm for accountability within that. And, you know, nobody should have the temptation to feel that they need to protect their career, maybe because of mistakes made. And, you know, what? mistakes are made. And, and we're all we're, we're all people that, that make mistakes, but to not let mistakes get out of hand and to have accountability within that so that the next uh, athlete is protected to make sure that. Nobody is put in a situation that affects the next 50, 60 years of their life uh, in their well-being. We know what football is like, Chris, and, and there's a mentality of next man up. But there's also that guy who goes down, wants to tough it out, right? And, and we, we hear all these phrases, get in there, do what you can, be there for your teammates and all of that. How much pressure do you put on yourself internally sometimes and how much do you see these guys put pressure on themselves to, to just fight through whatever the injury is? Yeah, well, I, I think that's where the conversations with the doctors are so important, right? I mean, 
as an athlete, you're, you're trained in a specific skill, right? You're, you're, an, you're an athlete, you're a player, whatever your sport is. There's a doctor presiding over you that has years of experience that has been uh, been through the rigors of, of the medical fields and the training that it takes. Now, if an athlete comes to them and says, doctor, can I play with this? Is this okay to do it? And they say, yes, you're okay. Then I, I would suspect that every athlete is going to do everything that they can within their power to, to do whatever they can to help their team and, and to, to, you know, obviously put the work into to progress on the field and, and then their training and rehabilitation. Now, if a doctor comes in and says, Hey, this isn't a good situation. You're at risk. Well, now the athlete has to take that in consideration. So the doctors uh, have a lot of power within what they prescribe, a lot of power in the direction that they give, and a lot of power in the words that they express to athletes. Every athlete's going to want to play, but it's the doctor's responsibility to make sure that the athlete, one, knows everything that, that potentially could happen. And two, has the best interest of the, the athlete, not only for the team or an organization, um, but for the athlete's well-being, not only for that season or their playing career, but also for their life, because we're human beings as well. And, and every athlete needs to know that, and, and they should be treated as such. That's very well said. Uh, oftentimes, we hear phrases like, got to protect players from themselves. And, and that's, that's exactly what you're saying. That's where the doctors and their expe- expertise comes in. I appreciate you, Chris, sharing your story. Pete, thank you so much for joining and and talking a little bit about what's happening. I, I wish you both a ton of blessings and success in, going forward. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us on. Time for some final thoughts. I mentioned Aaron Rodgers came back from a four-day darkness retreat, and I have nothing funny to say about that which may surprise you because anytime anyone mentions it, you see how often they mock him, they laugh, they scoff, whatever it may be. It's become a joke. Why can't Aaron Rodgers go about making a difficult decision, whether he wants to play in the NFL, whether he wants to retire, whatever he's going through, if he wants to go through a four-day darkness retreat, who are we to laugh at him about that? Like We make so much of littlest, the tiniest things that happen in the world. Yet, mental health has become such an important issue in sports and in the world, but then people are out there trolling and bullying. If you truly care about anyone's mental health, you don't have to make a joke about anything that you think is different. It's okay for people to live their lives however they want to live them and to make decisions at their own pace. You don't always have to criticize, joke, make fun of to get shares, likes, retweets, or whatever it may be. So many hypocrites out there. Aaron, you want to go do a darkness retreat? Good for you. I'm glad. I hope whatever you wanted to accomplish out of that, you got what you wanted. Sounds great to me. That's it for this week. Thank you to Chris Maragos. Thank you for listening. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. Also, check out my colleague, Ralph Russo, and his AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. Until next week, I'm Rob Motti, reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. Mm-hmm.